Hey, I'm Maya. I'm Jordan. And you're You're listening listening to to Get Get Justice Podcast, where two activists talk tech, culture, and social justice issues. So today, we're going to be talking about live streaming, from its history to its benefits and its drawbacks and how we like to use it. That's exciting. I feel like I feel like I watch more live stream than not live stream now. Oh my gosh, I love live streams. <laughs> there was just the versus battle with D'Angelo. Do you watch the versus battles? No. Have you seen any of them? No. Oh my gosh. So versus is my favorite. I think my favorite one. They did Brandy versus Monica, but it's all of our favorite '90s, early 2000s artists. What? Just bringing back all the hits, hit for hit. Where do I find this? <laughs> Go to Instagram. I think it's Versus TV. I'll need to make sure to, to give that to you later. It's phenomenal. <laughs> so I watch a ton of Instagram live. Remember like early in the pandemic when all of a sudden nobody could do anything. So you opened up Instagram and 900 people were live. Yeah. I started getting into that and just never stopped. And now I watch more Instagram lives than I do like shows on Netflix. Did you see more celebrities going live randomly or did you see more of your friends? No, definitely celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I'd watch it at first. Like, John Legend concerts, obsessed. Watched so many of those. He had a versus two. Did he? Yeah, with Alicia Keys. It was really good. Love <laughs> them. Okay, so you were looking up history. What do we know about live streaming? We're going to throw it all the way back to 1906, Christmas Eve. <laughs> that's forever ago. Yes, over 100 years ago. So there was a group of wireless operators off of the coast of New England, and they thought they were having a religious experience. At this time of radio, it was one-to-one communication, and it was Morse code. So the beep, 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 the dots and dashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the midst of them receiving a Morse code message, there came a voice reading a Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke and a violin that was playing Silent Night. Wait, they could hear that over their Morse code? Yeah, so right in between the Morse code, someone started playing Silent Night on a violin. Okay. And then there was a voice that wished them a Merry Christmas, and then the dots and dashes just started up again. No explanation. Oh. So it turns out that that was the voice of Reginald Fessenden, an inventor and engineer, and he was working on communicating with voice radio. So that was the first kind of... live radio broadcast that you can think of okay Um, that's so long ago i know and just a guy singing silent night (laughs) and then he just went back and then and then done (laughs) so let's fast forward a little bit in 1920 kdka station that was the first commercial broadcast to a large group of people and on this date it was election day and it proved the power of radio on this day so they were just broadcasting about the election at that time. And then our first live, our first live broadcast with video. So before we were talking about radio, mm-hmm. our first live video broadcast was in 1951 when Harry Truman was giving a speech. That's crazy. I know. Now let's come back to the present day. It is 1993. The first video live stream was a concert by a band called Severe Tired Damage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's aggressive. I know, and it's interesting. So June 1993, Severe Tire Damage became the first band to live stream, and they broadcasted via video and audio on the internet. Oh. Then to demonstrate this technology, they, they got really excited about this live stream, and they actually ended up 
live streaming their rehearsals on a weekly basis back then. Okay. Yeah, so they were really some pioneers in the game. Dang, and that was 93. 93. I didn't even know that was did people have internet i was seven so that (laughs) seems so foreign to me because i didn't even get an iphone i didn't have my first cell phone until i was 16 let alone an iphone i was like an adult so the fact that there was actual live streaming all the way back in 93 is blowing my mind yeah so mind-blowing so coming to present day in 2011 twitch launched Okay. Tell me what Twitch is, because I honestly don't know. Oops. Yeah, so (laughs) Twitch is very popular in the gaming community. I think that's where it really started out. It's a live streaming platform, so people will play games live. They will do their own, like, mini shows or concerts now. I've seen a couple concerts on Twitch through the pandemic. Okay. Um, Actually, AOC has the record for the fifth most watched Twitch stream when she was playing Among Us. (laughs) Okay, first of all, love that game. Second, love her. Go AOC. I have, now that I'm thinking about it, you did tell me a little bit about Twitch. Those people, like, it's like their lives. They they just, it's like a reality show where they just Twitch their whole life. Oh, yeah, the IRL streams. Yeah, so that's a thing on Twitch. (laughs) Crazy. I know, I know. And then, so Twitch launched in 2011, and that's kind of the start of this big boom that we see today. Then in 2013, YouTube Live became available to everyone. Mm-hmm. So a little bit before this, YouTube Live was available to some very high profile like artists and celebrities. But in 2013, it became available to anyone who wanted to use it. So then after that, other companies started following suit. Periscope launched in 2015, and then Twitter acquired it that same year. Facebook Live launched in August 2015, and it was available to everyone a few months later. And April of 2016. So it's come a long way since 1906. I mean, (laughs) I wonder if those, if the, you know, the guy who was doing it playing Silent Night even could fathom what would come from that. Yeah. I don't think I watched lives or even like video, you know, on my phone as much as I did I have in this last year. So it's become really interesting to me just kind of how people, how you know, people can now just get what they want or find what they want as it's happening. That's crazy to me. I definitely agree. Before the pandemic and lockdown, I didn't watch too much live streaming on, on my phone or on the computer. I never liked the idea of watching movies on my phone anyway. And then, I don't know, I always kind of thought, Oh, this person is so self-absorbed. They want to be live. Right. But now, I don't know. It, it's definitely been the thing that I needed to stay connected. And I definitely don't think that anymore. I kind of feel ashamed that I did. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was curious because I feel like probably we're not the only ones who started watching lives more during the pandemic. So I looked it up. And according to stream elements and arsenal.gg the live streaming sector grew a full 45 percent between march and april year over year and the industry is up by 99 percent wow people have made full-blown careers for themselves just by going live during this pandemic that's how quick people can be to just like bounce back from something so crazy yeah, I've They're definitely... like, well, I lost my job. Guess I'm going to get an OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No wonder live streaming is so popular. 
Yeah, I've also seen like fitness professionals. I have a lot of friends that are personal trainers. Yep. They went online and started teaching via Zoom. And wow, it's just amazing. So they still have their paid clients. And then they'll also use, now that they know about like video and setting up a scene, they can also offer free workouts to people as a way to advertise for new clientele. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It's giving people a lot of great solid skills. Yeah. And if you can, you know, for, for people like that who own gyms or, you know, do fitness classes, it's a way to still be able to run your business like from home. You know, you can, okay, you can't be in your studio or in the space that you normally work out in, but you can adjust to the times yeah. and do it just live from home. Maybe right. it's not like the, you know, the best but it's a great solution where you can still make that income if you need to. Yeah, totally. I've even seen some really great innovation in the education space. As a high school teacher, like I've seen a lot of cool things kind of come about with the power of technology. One thing in particular, about a month ago, I took, I took part in a, it was a life in tech type of conference, but it was open to students all around the state of Indiana. Yeah. It was a couple hundred students. They could choose which track they wanted to go to to hear all of these different tech professionals. They could hear special topics like specifically about design or Adobe. And this this definitely would not have been possible before this year. Yeah. Because they never, I don't know, I feel like the need, they would have felt like there wasn't a need or something. Yeah. But this really opened it up. Hundreds of kids across the state were able to learn something that day from really high profile people and maybe even before i wonder if they would have been able to get these high profile people if it were like on a smaller classroom level scale you know right okay so you know how you know how i mentioned that aoc had the fifth largest twitch stream playing among us that ended up being four hundred and thirty-five thousand viewers and in 2020 twitch had 17 billion hours watched and that's up from 9 billion just the year prior in 2019 that's insane so from 9 billion to 17 billion that's insane youtube also had 10 billion hours watched in the year 2020 so these trends are only going up that is crazy live streaming gives you the opportunity to engage with the person streaming so like you can ask questions get answers in real time you can see what's happening in real time there's no like editing and things that come with it you're seeing it as it happens and i i like just to know you know to be able to comment to your favorite person and know that they're looking and acknowledging you i i don't know it's something very authentic Mm -hmm. very authentic in addition to just entertainment i like the fact just like how you said we can interact with people in real time I like how we have that real time and it's uncut. So you can see that our favorite celebrity is also human and that they're going through things too. And that this is the best advice that they have to give. Mm-hmm. Or even like just people who are thought leaders in their industries, not even necessarily celebrities, but who else? You just said AOC, so like politicians go in real time or... Not just politicians, like thinking about the tech scene. So politicians, venture capitalists, startup founders. Mm -hmm. Have you used Clubhouse lately? Okay, yes, but not in... (laughs) I haven't been on in a couple of weeks. But when I was getting on, I loved listening to some of those conversations. Same. So much knowledge in those rooms. (laughs) I still have an invitation credit, too. 
to give to someone. Oh, we need to invite more people. I wonder how many I have. I need to get on and look. I think one of the biggest reasons that I like live stream is because, you know, broadcasts are usually a one-way conversation. It's just like a news anchor and you're watching the news and you can't talk to them or anything. And whatever footage they had already gotten in, it's been edited or whatever. But with live stream, what you're seeing is happening in real time. The person who's live streaming has the opportunity to like engage and interact with the audience, right? So if we ask questions or whatever it is that they're currently talking about, if we have something to say, then they can engage and interact and talk back with us. And I just think that's really cool that you can engage with, with the person whose video you're viewing or, you know, whose content you're viewing and also see what's happening in real time. Yeah. Some real honest, uncut feedback yes. and conversation. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Live stream. I feel like live stream can be so much better than broadcast in many different ways. Like even if it's a live broadcast, because traditional broadcasts are censored with the FCC regulations. Yeah. So it's under time delay. So if they need to cut it off, like they can. Mm-hmm. Or if they need to cut something out, they can. And live streaming is uncensored. And it gives us as viewers the opportunity to decipher what we hear and see on our own terms. And it paves the way for a lot of independent journalism. I watched a lot of independent journalism this past year. Yes, me too. I have a few favorites that I watch, like independent journalists, who I have discovered because of the BLM movement. And I just, I like their footage. I like their content. I like feeling like I can stay connected to that when I can't be out there, just through people I know and who I trust to report on things like that correctly. Yeah, and not only is it helping to keep us informed about what is happening Mm -hmm. in communities and on the streets in real time, it's also giving us, I feel like I have so much more insight and I'm able to see what's going on with grassroots campaigns Yeah, and smaller nonprofits. Because a lot of times I feel like the news here, we'll, we'll hear about the big ones, but what about the people that are making direct impacts in small sections of the community, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Who are some of your favorites? If they're live, who are you going to be watching? So I really like Riot Heart Media. Yes! That's one that I really I was going to say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they're Kentucky-based. So they show about news. They show about community activism. They show what's going on with the smaller campaigns, what's going on in the state, local government. It's, it's great. Love them also shout out to the all the 504 live streamers really yeah love them all another one i watch a lot is real indie news obviously they're based here in indie but they're just always first on the scene right as soon as they hear something it feels like they're there and yeah in the mix of it i like following them a lot i like them too but i feel like with all of these good things that live stream has brought us and with all of these high numbers there have to be some drawbacks the first thing that comes to my mind with live streaming is the phenomena of swatting. Okay, we watched some videos of this. Recap or say what that is. Yeah, so swatting is, so if you have a popular streamer, let's say I'm streaming some gameplay, I'm playing a game, and then just all of a sudden there's a big knock on my door and here's IMPD whatever city's PD's SWAT team at my door, knocking it down because they heard of a bomb threat, a personal threat, any type of threat. So basically, swatting is when a troll calls in 
a false police report on you. Stop it. Yeah, just so they could see your reaction, hopefully while you're streaming live. So the, so the, their whole thing is that they want to see the cops come to your house on camera. Yep, they want to see them come to your house on camera. That's not dangerous. Yeah. There, there have been... Oh, my God. I know. And there have been some swattings that I've seen where people are, like, tackled and just harassed, and then they have to go to the depths of the earth to explain their innocence and what's happening. And their camera is just streaming the whole time. That's insanity. Also, along with that, there are a lot of live streams that cause a lot of harm. So with Facebook, when Facebook Live launched to everyone back in April 2016, Mm -hmm. in their first year, there were roughly 50 incidents of crime that were live streamed through their platform. How many? 50. That's crazy. And this is various types of crime to like assaults or robberies. It's kind of scary when you think about it, like having a live broadcast can be limiting, but it's also maybe it's saving our mental health in the process because I know I've seen a few deaths on live stream. Yeah, I have too. Oh, yeah. When I first saw the live stream of Philando Castile, I was caught way off guard because I didn't know it was happening. Horrifying. Horrifying. And I don't know, to see... To see all that happen as it was happening and the video obviously it was taken down pretty quickly but it kept circulating because of the power of the internet so just to see how things happen in real time like yeah. it, it's crazy yeah in addition to philando castile just even think about here in our hometown indianapolis Drayshawn Reed was on facebook live as he was gunned down by the police yep i've seen the video have you seen the video yeah yeah the cop was standing over him yeah. and said, it'll be a closed casket for you. Homie. Yeah. And I guess they didn't know that they were live. Called him homie. I can't. Oh, yeah. Closed casket for you, homie. But Meanwhile, the comments were still going crazy during yeah. this time because they were still live and they didn't realize. Yeah. So, but I guess, ugh, I don't know. It, it's, it can be a lot of trauma that we stumble upon with these live streams but it can potentially even bring bring about justice on some level although officer mercer was not convicted in this death in the shooting death of Dre jean reed but i think the power behind it is the police can't hide behind behind these actions anymore we can see that that it's happening on live stream the videos get shared to everyone and that's why this movement is happening again, basically because of live stream. A lot of times that the police are viewed in TV and media, it's this very calculated good guy image. Mm-hmm. And that, that even leads me to another point. So live PD and cops. Oh, yeah. Like people watch live PD. But surprise, did you know that it's not even live? Right. <laughs> Live PD is not live, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Did we know this? It's a mix of live and pre-recorded tracks, but they can say that it's live because it's showing close to in real time, but Live PD tends to show on a 10 to 25 minute delay. And with that, officers are able to stop filming at their discretion at any and all times. And also, police departments can prevent producers from accessing spaces on police property. So it's live and real, air quotes, but it's only 
as live and real as they want it to be. Yeah. So in 2019, Javier Ambler died in police custody on live PD. And the video can no longer be handed over to Austin investigators because it was destroyed. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So after that, that led to, that was a contributing reason to Life PD being canceled altogether. Darn. This is a really big concern, though, because shows like this, how, how does that protect a person in their rights? Like... <laughs> Right. Live video provides no option for a face blur or to not give your consent because mm-hmm. it's live. If it's live, it's out there. That was hard, too, because I wanted to go live at to marches and stuff, but also I didn't want to potentially yeah. put people in jeopardy. Tell people that were there. Yeah, because um, a lot of people were there, and they know that their jobs wouldn't have approved. Mm-hmm. So, or yeah. their families or mm-hmm. whoever. Yeah. Oh, another funny thing about live streaming is there are a million documentaries and things out there right now about when people are in Louisville and marching for Breonna Taylor, and there's like someone there that looks just like you. I don't know. <laughs> they must have a mask on. I bet you can't tell them who it is. <laughs> Every time. I'm like, oh, there's that girl again. Yeah, there's definitely quite a few news clips and video clips and documentary clips taken from live stream footage with that person. Yep. Whew. So here's a crazy live stream story. <laughs> Man, okay, Jordan. So remember over the summer, remember a few months ago, the bridge. The bridge. <laughs> the bridge. A few months ago, we were taking part in a demonstration to seek justice for the officers that killed Breonna Taylor. That was, yeah, that was a day. Yeah, so we were marching for the officers who killed Breonna Taylor to seek justice for, for her murder. And through this experience, the Louisville, Louisville police showed up. Louisville <laughs> LMPD, Louisville Metropolitan Police. They sure did show up, didn't yeah. they? They sure did show up, and not only did they show up in riot gear and bulletproof vests with sticks in their hands they also showed up with camera phones yeah so as we were (laughs) they sure did have on whole ass face shields didn't they they, how silly is that we were (laughs) we had goggles and we were just walking over the bridge we (laughs) had granola bars in our backpacks and goggles around our neck and these people had whole like bullet rubber bullet guns strapped across their chests they had shields over their face, but they wouldn't wear a mask. <laughs> but yeah, they had their camera phones. And while some people were there to just pretty much just mess with us and cause harm, there were a number of people that were documenting for a, and I later found out that it was for an LMPD live stream. So someone was there to live stream the whole experience from a police officer's point of view and asking like for support. And don't forget, don't forget to mention where they were live streaming it to. Their entire Facebook audience. Yes. So let me ask you this, Jordan. Did you, did you read, first, did you see that live stream? And then did you read the comments from it? Yeah, I have seen that. Okay, first of all, yes, I have. It's been viewed over 400,000 times, which is crazy. And second, I, 
I tried to read some of the comments and I just didn't make it very far. It, they it's got hard really to read. Scary. It's hard to read people commenting things like, you know, we should be killed too. Uh, so I try to avoid comments on police live stream, especially when you are the one who's being live streamed. Yes, I, <laughs> I agree. I definitely, I support that practice of not looking because I, I looked for a second. The story was also covered on Fox News, the, the Courier, USA Today, a couple of newspapers, and I stopped looking at the comments after looking at the first article. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, these, these live streams, it's, it's just interesting is the word. Yeah. I, I can't even say if it's like more good than bad or more bad than good. It's just, it's here. Yep. That's a product of, you know, this like COVID climate, quarantine climate that we live in. We can't go see things live. So <laughs> we so bring the live to us. So we're on our phones and our computers watching everything. Girl, remember when we watched the insurrection happen live? Oh my gosh. In live. real time on my birthday, you were, we were talking to each other. What were, were we texting? Yeah, we were texting each other. And we were both watching Trump's speech, and then you kept it on the people marching, and I switched it to a feed like from inside the Capitol where oh, they yeah. were debating. We were watching two different lives yeah. from the same time. That was so wow. And I text you. You you said they're marching to the Capitol, or I'm watching a march to the Capitol, and then a little bit later I said they just called a recess and like. 30 seconds after I said that, you were like, they've breached the Capitol. They yeah, were inside. because they were there breaking windows. <laughs> so we were watching what was happening on either side at the same time. And that is just, it's so crazy how you can do, I mean, I've seen, I saw a news article, I think that said the insurrection is the most doc- well-documented like terrorist attack of all time. And, you know, I think that that is a good thing because you know, clearly we need all the evidence that we can get because what we all saw in that moment isn't enough for some people. But I, I, that is so interesting to me because now that we do have this avenue of everyone telling the story literally from their eyes, how is history going to record this? Which, which perspectives are they going to use, you know? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So I do, I do think that that is one good thing of live streaming. So I, I'm able to see a lot of things from many different people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm really just able to form a cohesive opinion based on a lot of facts. Oh, speaking of live stream, I, I think I need new creators or new content to watch. I agree. So to all of our listeners out there, what are you watching on live stream? Who do you follow? Who should we follow? Let us know on our Instagram page at GetJustice or send us an email to hello at GetJusticePodcast.com. Okay, number two in the books. All right, we did it, done it. <laughs> Making these is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah, the whole podcasting game. It's, it's really fun. I'm learning so much. It is fun. It's nerve-wracking. <laughs> learning about all these tools. I think the most nerve-wracking part is just recording my voice and then listening. <laughs> 
I don't envy you. I'm honestly kind of glad that you are the one listening <laughs> to this back because all I have to do is listen to it when it's done and I don't have to listen to my voice and like analyze it the whole time. Yeah, but I do look forward to our next episode. Me we, too. Yeah, we finally get to celebrate Women's History Month. I am excited. I'm excited to, to talk about revolutionary women, you know? Yeah, both in the movement and in technology. I'm pumped. I can't wait. So I guess I'll see you. I'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. Same time, same place. Can't wait. Bye. You're listening to Get Justice Podcast, where two activists talk tech, culture, and social justice issues.